yes. The starting of the engine. The ding, ding, ding. Of the put your seat belt on. And it could only mean one thing. And that would be the beginning of another Buzz Baker CarCast podcast. It's a service of WKYT. And we appreciate you being along for the ride. Remember, you can get us on Twitter at BuzzBaker, Facebook at BuzzBaker as well. And you can get us on the uh, WKYT website. Email us, DaveB at WKYT.com. Let us know what you think about the broadcast. Let us know what you would like to hear us talk about. Let us know the things that interest you. And as you all know, I love coming to you while I'm on my drive. But I love even coming to you more on these beautiful spring evenings. Uh, For those of us who have a life of hustle and bustle, we've all got our thing. Whether it's being on the beach at sundown or at sunup or uh, whether it's uh, being out in the field or wherever it might be. For me, it was always as the sun is going down on a golf course. And so that time of night, especially on a beautiful spring or summer day, when that day is just ending and the sun begins to go down and we see these beautiful vistas and horizons that we see all over the bluegrass, that, my friends, is my time. A lot of things uh, to cover with you this week. First and foremost, uh, we, we got some really good feedback uh, on, our, uh, on our podcast uh, last week talking about civility, uh, and hopefully uh, you enjoyed that uh, as, as much as we did. It's not only an introspective look, uh, but it's also uh, a look at things that, that are going on. Let, let me say this one thing, too, to, to be clear about all this. Uh, just because you're taking an introspective look, okay, just because you're doing that doesn't mean that you shouldn't advocate for what you believe in. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't take a stand. It doesn't mean that it's not right for you to advocate about something that you strongly believe in. On the contrary, we should all do that. And I wish there was more of that in our society. Uh, There were the days, obviously, uh, if we go back back to the time of uh, the Revolutionary War and things that happened there. You know, you had people that, that turned out in the town square. And they would read dispatches from everywhere. And there would be uh, these, uh, 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 these great debates, the Lincoln-Douglas debates uh, that took place all over this country during that great election. And actually, Lincoln and Douglas, who were rivals, actually rode on the same train as they went to make these campaign stops together. And these weren't uh, highly uh, orchestrated uh, deals. Uh, these were like two hours worth of speeches uh, that, that these guys Uh, would give. And so what I'm saying to you is I want you all to be out there and to advocate and to state your point and uh, to, uh, uh, to make sure that your passion is there for all to see. Uh, But what I would also tell you is that there's a way to do it. And I'm going to go back to this each and every week. We can disagree without being disagreeable and friends can really disagree about what was said without costing somebody a friendship. 
I, I'm, as you know, from time to time, I kind of deviate off the beaten path here a little bit, and I'm going to deviate just, just so much. I mean, no matter which side of this whole Russia probe thing you were on, I, I mean, it, it, the place we're in in media today, and I'm talking about national media primarily, it was so difficult to try and get uh, a, a perspective on things last week because everybody is coming at it from their own point of their perspective. And so no matter where you get your news, and I would encourage you to do this, and I'm talking about political news primarily. Uh, I, you know, what, what we do at WKYT is if there's a big national event, you know, we're gonna cover it and say, hey, how does this, how does this impact what we're doing locally? But especially during the big political events during the day, Okay, um, you will see nationally that there are people that adamantly believe the president and people uh, that adamantly believe those who are investigating. And so what I would say to you is on things like this, and I told my daughter this, you just got to read stuff for yourself and research it out. I mean, everybody could find the Mueller report on online, right? So you can read it and come to your own conclusion. But it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, The name calling from both sides has not been as bad as I thought it would be going forward. And maybe just maybe we're starting to turn the corner. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being uh, a, a little too overly optimistic, but maybe just maybe we're getting to that point. But there are just some people that are just going to go on and they're going to say stuff and you say, well, that's not the case, is it? And then you go and you Google and you ask that question and guess what? You're 100% right. Okay, I hope everybody who's out there as consumers of news on both the national and the local level that you hold us all accountable for the facts. Because at the end of the day, we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. And the whole thing I look for is who's willing to say that they made a mistake. And that's the whole gist of where we are in societal discussion. And, it, and at least from, uh, from this standpoint, from an athletic standpoint, I'm going to say that I was wrong about something in sports. And I'm telling you, I'm glad I was wrong about this. And when Josh Allen announced that he was coming back last year and not taking what seemed to be the obvious money of the NFL, I was one of those people that question, hey, what the heck's going on? You know, is there something going on? Is there something we don't know about? Is there something there that the NFL guys must have said uh, that, that's keeping him from going? And we don't know about it? Because there can't be any good reason. That's what I would say to myself and to people around me. There can't be any good reason not to go. And guess what? Josh Allen knew that there was plenty of good reason not to go. And I respect all the one-and-done guys. No matter what they did, no matter how it ended up for them, they made the decision that they thought was best for themselves and their families. But for Josh Allen now, okay, I mean, everything this guy has gone through, remember, you know, he came here and, you know, Monmouth wanted him to play. Monmouth! and Kentucky. And so then he comes here and he just gets better and better and certainly those measurables weren't there 
uh, back when he was being recruited, and he had to get himself in better shape, and by golly, he did that. And every year, he got better and better and better and better. And I guess the whole moral of the story is nobody knows what's best for somebody's family than that individual themselves. We should all have a very close-knit group of people around us. And when I say close-knit, that number's different from everybody. But we should all have people that we trust in our lives, advisors, accountability partners, people that we can say to, hey, what do you think? And then when they tell you something, you don't just listen, half listen to what they say and then go do something else, but you actually listen to what they're saying. And when they say to you, dude, listen, you gotta, you gotta make a change here. You actually hear what they're saying and you don't just pay them lip service, but you take heed and take heart what they're saying to you. And so for Josh Allen and this Kentucky football program, I know Mark Stoops is going to be down there. I don't know how many guys will actually be at the draft. Um, I know that uh, uh, we'll have a, a Dick Gabriel and the guys have worked very hard uh, on a feature uh, about the Kentucky draftees, which will air in Lexington at 7 o'clock on uh, Wednesday night. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's a great, great story. I saw C.J. Conrad uh, in the station earlier today before recording this. And, you know, what he went through with the season he had and then the bad heart report and all that stuff. Um, you know, and then to come back and have a chance to play what he's done uh, by investing in this community. Um, I'm telling you, I can still remember the day when everybody, my phone was blowing up and everybody was convinced that if Mark Stoops didn't beat South Carolina, this is what, two years ago or something like that, two plus years ago that he was gone and he stayed the course and he got things turned around. Yeah, they're still not where they want to be, but they're going to have more guys at the NFL draft this year than probably cumulatively they've had in the whole time since they've been here. And it was Vince Merrow who said, yeah, this is an example of what we got to do. Because we're, yeah, we're, we'll have five or six guys there at the draft and other guys will get signed. And we got to have that because you're going to be competing against guys that have seven or eight players that get drafted. And so that's what we're going to see down in Nashville. And I'm excited for Nashville and all of our friends down there. So many people from Kentucky, seems like young people especially, have gone down there to take advantage of all the opportunity in Nashville. It's a big week for the city, a uh, big week for those folks, and a big week for the Wildcats. And I, I think it's just great. So that's, uh, that's number one. Number two, when you talk about the one and dones, uh, let's see, how do I want to put this? This is disagreeing without being disagreeable. Keldon Johnson, I, I've not had a single John Calipari player it's ever been rude to me or like I've gotten a report back that they've been rude to any member of the media. Um, and I mean, they're just good kids. And despite what the naysayers say, I think a lot of that is helped by the fact that they are in fact one and done's a lot of them. Because if you have a big misstep, a big miscue, you don't have two or three years to rehab your reputation. I mean, if you wanna do what you say you wanna do, it's gonna cost you money right away. So you can't do that. 
But I think these guys are all just, they're really good people coming from good families. Everybody can do whatever they want. But I just, I wasn't the biggest fan of Keldon Johnson in the $300,000 car that TMZ picked up in LA last week. And you know what? I wish him well. But the NBA is a different sort of deal. And, and the guys that have made it from Camp Cal are, are the guys that understood that and were humble about what they had and kept working at their craft. And maybe they went and got mom a car or a house or something like that. But I know specifically uh, guys like uh, Wall and Cousins, and I believe Carl Towns as well, those guys, they immediately went and put $1 million into a, into a foundation and started giving money back. I know of personal acts uh, done by Devin Booker and Tyler Eulis and others. I mean, I, I mean, God, my heart just breaks for Cuz with this quad injury that he's got. I mean, the people that don't know him have cast him in a certain light. I have never seen anybody genuinely be as kind to kids and enjoy being with them as much as DeMarcus was when he was here at UK. Didn't make any difference whether they were kindergarten kids, whether they were elementary kids, high school kids. I've seen him goo-goo-gooing with babies. I, I mean, unbelievable people. And, you know, Kelton wants that car, more power to him. The mock drafts for this year in the NBA are kind of all over the place, you know. I'm not exactly sure where everybody's going to end up going and everything after the combine. And I'm all good with that. And I'm all good with guys taking advantage of this new rule where they can go ahead and they can hire an agent. They can, uh, an NCAA certified agent, mind you. They can get feedback from that person and then they can choose whether to keep their name in or take it out by May 29th. And let me, here's the analogy I use. And I, if I use this last week, I apologize. But it's kind of like real estate. And they tell you that you should always have a lawyer working for you when you buy a house. Because the person who's the title attorney, that person really doesn't make any money unless there's an actual sale. So if that, and everybody's working for the right people. I'm not saying anybody is doing anything they shouldn't. But if there's the least little bit of a hiccup, I mean, you gotta have somebody that's your attorney and says, hey, 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 hold up. We're not signing that until we get this fixed. And so from that standpoint, that agent is working for that player. And the other thing that happens too for any of us that have kids, I'm sure there are certain times when we have told our children things time and time and time again, and somehow it doesn't click in. And then all of a sudden we're having a conversation and one of our friends or a different family member walks up, tells them the exact same thing. They act like it's the first time they've ever heard it. They take everything to heart and they change on a dime. And you're like, what the heck happened here? Well, sometimes it's kind of like a coaching change. It's the same message. They just all of a sudden hear it when it comes from a different voice. And as long as you don't get hung up on things like that and make it personal, it doesn't make any difference who the right advice is coming from. So that's what guys like EJ Montgomery and Nick Richards can get is unvarnished advice from other people, which is gonna be, it may not be 
the same thing that John Calipari is telling them, but I'm telling you, it's going to be pretty darn close. And so I applaud the fact that they're going through that process and they're going to get that feedback and everything. Again, not being, I'm disagreeing without being disagreeable. I'm not a big fan of somebody like EJ or Nick putting out some statement thanking the Big Blue Nation when they're not in the top 100 on the draft board. Just me. Just me, I'm just saying. And those are the kind of things we talk about here on the Buzz Baker CarCast podcast, which is brought to you by WKYT. A couple of other things that I want to talk about as uh, we roll on down the highway tonight. Um, one of the Vessies, I think it was Peter, uh, the Vessie brothers, great writers up in New York. They really know the New York athletic scene, but especially the New York basketball scene. They're reporting <clears throat> that Rick Patino has been talking to Dan Gilbert, the owner of the Cavs, about possibly becoming the coach of the Cavs. That's just not a good fit. Forget about the off-court stuff. Just not a good fit. He was there once. It turned out not to be a good fit. And that was young, early in his career. Cal wasn't a good fit with the Nets. And you're not going to see him try to scratch that itch again. Boy, here's another one now. How about Mike Anderson, who's been under Nolan Richardson, who has coached his entire adult life, I think, in like Arkansas and Missouri, and then back to Arkansas, who's taken over at St. John's. I mean, I'd have to go back and look at the list of coaches but I would say far and away the most successful St. John's guys are, are guys who are from up there. And one of the things that, uh, uh, that happened was when John Pelfrey was at Arkansas, he found it awfully hard to replace a legend. And if you remember back to that scenario, Nolan Richardson had made some statements, many of which... Uh, alluded to the fact that he was being judged differently because of his race. Many of those statements which first started his departure were actually uttered in the media room at Rupp Arena after an Arkansas game here in Lexington. And so Nolan was forced out. Dana Altman, the guy who's the coach at Oregon, was at Creighton at the time. He took the job for about a day and then backed out, and then it fell to John Pelfrey. And that Arkansas fan base was rolling at the time, rolling with Nolan, 40 minutes of hell. Uh, the Bud Walton Arena was known as the uh, uh, Basketball Palace of Mid-America or something like that. And, I mean, that place was packed. And then that fan base just got incredibly splintered. And the reason was, was they weren't happy about what happened to Nolan and if that happened to Nolan and they felt like he had to go, why not give the job to his guy, Mike Anderson? And that made it really tough on John Pelfrey from the get-go. And I don't know how Mike Anderson felt about that. 
But Mike Anderson, if he hadn't found out already, even though he's had a job for less than a week, he's about to find out. Because besides Louis Carnesecca, there is no more revered name when it comes to St. John's basketball than Chris Mullen, who led them to the Final Four here in Lexington in 1985 uh, when Georgetown uh, won it all. And, uh, excuse me, when Villanova beat Georgetown to win it all, it was Georgetown, Villanova, Memphis, and St. John's in that Final Four. And so Mike Anderson replacing Chris Mullen, it's going to be really interesting to see how that goes. And finally, as we wrap things up uh, here for this week, I want to talk to you for just a second about the passing of somebody that unless you're my age or older, you may not know. And that's Scott Sanderson. Scott Sanderson was a guy that pitched in the 70s, 80s, maybe into the early 90s. Spent 19 years in the major leagues. Had his best years when he was an all-star with the Cubs. Had some good years with the White Sox. I think he was an all-star for the Yankees at one point in time. And um, he was just a really good professional. Respected the game. Respected people. I mean... And besides that, he was a man's man. And I didn't meet Scott until after his playing days were over. And uh, we had the uh, Central Baptist uh, Hospital was the sponsor of the Celebrity uh, Players Tour, the CPT. And they had a stop here in Lexington uh, for a couple of years. And it was a fundraiser for the hospital. And, boy, you want to talk about a cast of characters now. Uh, There were people like the Hall of Famer Mike Schmidt, uh, who I had a chance to play with one day, who was ultra competitive. I got to play in this event. And um, uh, then you went to guys like Jim McMahon, the Bears quarterback. Jim McMahon was out there for the recreation. Now, he was a good golfer, but this is a true story about Jim McMahon, and I invite any of you to check this with anybody you know that's ever played in an event with Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon had a partial plate from where he'd gotten hit by defensive linemen for so many years. So when he played golf, he would take his partial plate out. He had a guy that traveled with him all the time. And they would get like a metal rain bucket. And they could fit somewhere between like six and eight beers in there. And they would ice them down. And McMahon would drink a beer every holy play. And he would do this while playing golf in his bare feet. And uh, Scott Sanderson also played on the tour. And uh, I was partnered uh, one year that I got to participate with Steve Bartkowski, uh, the great quarterback for the Falcons, who was a really good golfer. and uh, uh, Tubby Smith's former assistant, Mike Sutton, was playing in our group along with Scott Sanderson. And I don't know about you all. You know, I've been in big stadiums and, you know, been able to do a lot of great things. I've been blessed to do them in my career. But it's always been in front of a bunch of people. Like, if you're in, in, at a stadium in front of 100,000 people and you've got, like, one camera pointed at you, all you see is the camera. 
But if you're there at a golf course and there are like 20, 30, 100 people around the tee box where you are, and there's like nobody talking, I mean, it's terrifying. And we're on the first tee, and Scott Sanderson could see that I could hardly breathe. And he walked over to me and he said, Dave, put the peg in the ground. That's a golfer's term for the tee. Put the peg in the ground, have the ball on top of it, and swing the club before they say your name. And thankfully, I did not skull the ball off the first tee. But I, I never forgot that. And, and after that, uh, Scott would come back to Lexington for that. And then because of his friendship with Doug Flynn, he came every year for the Children's Charity Golf Classic. And uh, honest to goodness, there was not a better human being that walked the face of the earth. I, I mean, he would always seek you out, not, not to say hi or to make the rounds or anything, but he was genuinely interested in, in, in how you were and what you were doing and how the charity was doing and the TV station. and I mean, just a prince of a guy. And about a year or so ago, he was diagnosed with throat cancer. Uh, and he passed away about a week ago. They had the uh, memorial service. Uh, uh, the visitation was actually this afternoon in Chicago uh, at the time of this taping. And our thoughts and prayers go out to his family. And I mean, I, I just, you know, to me, the great allure of athletics, we hear so much about the negative and everything, but guys like Scott Sanderson, who can have an incredible career, be a wonderful husband and father, uh, go on to be a leader in his sport as a, a player agent, a guy who was interested in player rights, uh, and, and then could go out and give back to people that he had never met before simply because a friend asked him to do it. I, I just can't think of a better legacy that a man or woman could leave behind other than that. And so to Scott's uh, family and to his friends, our thoughts uh, and our prayers. Uh, and until uh, we see Scott in the uh, greatest golf course in the world, after we're all drawn up, as we say in the golf business, Scott, nothing but fairways and greens for you, my friend. And with that, the ride comes to an end. But we want to thank you again for joining us here on this Sports Buzz CarCast podcast, a production of WKYT. Again, you can reach me in any number of different ways on Facebook. Uh, you can uh, get us on Twitter at BuzzBaker. DaveB at WKYT.com is the email uh, and you can just go to the WKYT website. Most people don't realize it. You can just call us up. Let us know what your thoughts are. Uh, we're going to try to do some stuff here in the coming weeks about some items that are taking place uh, in our state. And so much to talk about as we have uh, the draft before us, the derby coming up. Uh, and, and again, I just want to thank you all uh, from the bottom of my heart uh, for being here with us, for allowing me and, and all my uh, friends and colleagues WKYT for coming in to your living rooms on your wireless devices and now through this form of podcast each and every week. Thank you so much. We're hoping that you have a wonderful week and we will see you 
on the next Sports Buzz CarCast podcast.